Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and 2022 starts the third year of this podcast and corresponding blog. I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament prophets, revealing how Bible prophecies that were written 700 years before Christ predict not just what was going to happen back then, but what happened when Jesus came. They even predict the end times and last days that are coming true right now. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Hey, new year, new life. Let's dig in. The book of Daniel is fascinating. So we're starting tonight in Daniel chapter one, a powerful story of strength, integrity, and obedience to God. Daniel is both a book of history and prophecy. Most importantly, it teaches us how to stand firm in our faith and not give in to the temptation and lures of culture, even the power hungry rulers. So let's dig in. Daniel one in Nebuchadnezzar's court. And just a little bit of um, historical context here. Our story starts in Babylon, where the first of Judah's best and brightest were taken into exile in 605 BC. So here we go. During the reign, during the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine giving to, given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. God is pulling strings around in all this. But he responded, I am afraid of my lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. 
if you become pale and thin compared to other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Well, Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed and Daniel suggested at uh, uh, Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. And this is going to come in really handy later on. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. And all that's approximately 46 years. That is Daniel chapter 1. So here's some of the main points. So Jehoiakim ruled from 608 to 597 BC. Now he was one of the bad kings of Judah. And if you haven't been following me all this time through the Old Testament, you can click on over to my blog and click on the link uh, there so you can take a look in Second Kings and you can read all about Jehoiakim and what he did. Um, now, Daniel and his friends were taken during Babylon's first invasion of Judah. They took the nobles, the educated, the best and the brightest, all with the intent of brainwashing them and using them to further Nebuchadnezzar's realm. They were young, probably in their teens. Their names were changed to glorify the pagan gods. Their Hebrew names um, glorified the one true God. Daniel means God is my judge. Bel, I can't even say it. Belteshazzar means Bel protects. Bel was one of their gods. It's a variation of Baal, B-A-A-L-1. Hananiah means Yahweh is gracious. Shadrach means command of Marduk. That's another god. Mishael is Hebrew for who is or what God is. Meshach is Babylonian for who is or what Marduk is. Azariah means Yahweh has helped. Abednego is servant of Nebo. Each teen had their God-glorifying name replaced with a name that honored the pagan idols of Babylon, Bel, Marduk, and Nebo. This whole process was to tear apart their faith and convert them into idolatrous pagans. 
Nebuchadnezzar enrolled them all in a three-year brainwashing indoctrination to re-educate them in the pagan culture. They were relocated, renamed, and reprogrammed. But they stood in the face. Now, the Jews' kosher food laws prohibited them from eating meat with blood still in it, as well as a list of other unclean animals. Obviously, the pagans didn't care. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to spoil them with rich, luscious food, fit for a king. However, Daniel and his friends stood their ground. They would not defile themselves with Gentile food. Thus, Daniel, in a very diplomatic way, convinced them to serve them only vegetables and water for 10 days to test them. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier than the other men. We have the infamous Daniel Fast Diet Plan. If you're not familiar with that, click on over to my blog and I have a link there. It became very popular a few years ago. And basically, it's going vegan. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a vegan diet. And, you know, I have to tell you, um, I, you know, I was, I was in a, keto, I was on a keto diet and I was eating a lot of meat and I got gout. I got it in a strange place. I got it in my right hand and I'm right-handed. So it was, it was terrible. I was, it was pain. It was excruciating pain. And then we realized, and, you know, uh, my excellent was my chiropractor who we realized what it was. And I basically had to go on a vegan diet for until it, it just washed it out of my system. So I got to tell you, you know, vegan, vegan diets, vegetarian diets. Um, yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, again, each body's different. Each person is different. So, you know, I, uh, I found working with a nutritionist really helped me for a long time. And I, you know, totally controlled my, arthritis pain. At any rate, okay, let's get back, let's get back to, um, to Daniel. That's a whole other class, a whole other subject. So in addition, God gave them special skills and abilities so they would be treated well in the king's court. And we shall see how these skills and abilities came in handy as we go on. Now, this is a good question for you. Are you defiling your life? Defile means to pollute or taint. It's the opposite of purity. In today's world, we can easily defile ourselves by what we watch, read, or listen to. We also defile our bodies by eating junk food. Now, God created us in his image. If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit in your heart. Your body becomes a temple or sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. And Paul wrote, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who lives in you and was given to you by your God, you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. Jesus is life. So you must honor God with your body. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Okay. So, you know, that's, that's it exactly. You know, uh, Jesus died for your life. Got dogs barking outside. Um, uh, are you offending God in any way? No matter what, Daniel and his friends could never offend God. As we will see, they would be loyal to him in the face of death. Everyone in Nebuchadnezzar's court knew that God was their master, their authority. 
And notice that Daniel didn't start an argument. He negotiated. That's leadership. He would not lower his standards. He was tested and he chose obedience. He stood firm. Can you do that? You know, we can. We can with the help of the Holy Spirit. And how do you get this help? By humbling yourself and surrounding your and surrendering your life to Jesus. We true born-again believers are like exiles, foreigners in a pagan world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are just passing through. We must hold tight to our faith and be unwavering no matter what the world throws at us. And how do you do that? Well, it's rather simple. You have to believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. That is stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized by water baptism. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ and receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. That is such a gracious gift. Invite Jesus into your heart. What are you waiting for? And receive the gift of grace and the confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog. Click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. And in the bottom of today's blog, I embedded a video from um, the Bible Project, and it explains the way of the exile, what it was like in those days to be an exile, a foreigner in a foreign land, totally far from everything you know, you know, uh, far from, you know, what your, uh, gosh, it just, um, wow. Um, I just had the thought of all of the people in Ukraine and um, recording this obviously on March 3rd, um, 2022. And there are, citizens, just normal lay people, innocent people that just want to live their lives and they can't. They have to leave their country, leave what they know, leave their church, leave their jobs, leave their businesses because some crazy, power-hungry, evil person wants their country. So I want to uh, I want to raise up the Ukrainian people up in prayer that they stand firm in their faith. Those that have stayed behind to fight, give them God, give them the strength that they need to fight again against the Russians. Lord, and I know, unfortunately, because we live in the era that we live. This is just the start of the birth pains. War and rumors of wars. And if you want to know more about that, that's what Jesus um, predicted in Matthew 24, Luke um, 17 and 21, and Mark 13. Click on over to my blog, and I've got several links there that you can see about Bible prophecy and what's happening now. I haven't been able to update the news. I will try and get that to that tomorrow, I promise. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.
Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem, so I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please, let me know if it helped you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.